0: Amen. That's wonderful, isn't it? Get those kids to pray for you, too, man. They pray fire. They would pray for me Wednesday night, and I was laying on the floor. And my ears started, they just got on fire. I thought, what is wrong with my ears? Then I realized, these kids are releasing the fire on my ears. And it got into my head. That's awesome. But I have two of the greatest testimonies you're ever going to hear I wanted us to share right quick. Jim, would you come up here? This, this is Jim Bush. I'd like to introduce you guys to him. He's got something he needs to say.
1: Hey, guys. I um, gave the short version of this Wednesday night when I walked in. Um, walked in, I wasn't a Christian. And uh, I'll give you the history behind that. My family isn't a Christian family. Um, we, we believe in, I guess you'd call more modern viewpoints, uh, relative pluralism. Belief that nothing is everything and everything is nothing, and and inside that nothing exists everything. That's the the explanation for what we see. Um, So, and I want to get rid of a viewpoint that because I didn't accept God as the savior or Jesus, that I was an atheist. Because I was the opposite of an atheist, I believed in everything. Um, So it transcended and included all religions but that if you're not careful that kind of viewpoint can leave you very empty it can leave you very lonely and you need something real you need something that's there and this this is here everybody is here and in the other viewpoints no one is there so is everybody familiar with Angie Stark she's she's somebody i met a few months ago a few, well, about six months ago, midsummer, And she's a person that has gone through a lot in life and conquered every bit of it. And um, in the midst of all, all of our trials, she, she tends to find a lot of strength, uh, a lot more strength than I can ever find. And, and she's gone through more and she's dealing, has dealt with more. And I had to ask her, how do you find the strength and she brought me here Wednesday night. So um, I let Jesus Christ into my life.) Yeah, yeah I want to thank everybody in here for accepting me after that long period of time. And I really, that night, I really was welcomed in. By everyone in here, without judgment, and for that I love, I love you.
0: Okay. Second greatest testimony you'll ever hear. Uh, this young lady named Melissa. If you'd like to come up, Melissa. What's your last name, Melissa? This is Melissa Shoemaker.
2: Uh, My family and me have been coming (laughs) here since uh, like three Sundays ago. And I really don't remember getting saved at all until uh, at the 9 o'clock service when I was talking to Marlon and all that. And so um, going here has changed a lot. And I thank Marlon for that because, you know, you're someone to talk to and all that. I
0: got saved early this morning.. Thank you, Lord. So Lord, we just pray for more salvations. <laughs> yeah.
3: Pray for Jim
0: and Melissa that they would come to be not only uh, people who are truly brought into the kingdom, but but be true followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, true lovers. (laughs) Uh, Just release that, Lord. More Holy Ghost on them. Fire God, come on. Come on them. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Yeah, thank you. Well, Mr. Bollinger has a great message this morning. And we want to dismiss the kids. I'm sorry. Go do the stuff. And also, we're going to, at the end, we're going to have communion. And we're also going to have a special prayer time for people who have serious illnesses. Amen. If you have a serious illness this morning, some of the children that are getting all this download from heaven are going to be laying hands on on the people who have very serious illnesses. Amen? Yeah. Now, if you have a less serious illness, we'll pray for you also, but we've seen the Lord heal serious mm-hmm. illness. Uh, Christ School of Ministry students, you are supposed to be getting words of knowledge as you are <laughs> in this room right now. I hope you are.
4: Reminder. Okay. <laughs> well, so, yeah, so congratulations to those two folks, and then I also want to congratulate the newest arrival into this world being the uh, Daniel, Sarah Stein, Eli, Daniel, Cash, Stein. Did I get that right? All right. Congratulations to the Steins. So excited. That baby boy. Dean, I bet you're just beside yourself, aren't you? That's your grandson. So, man, life is good, isn't it? And you know what's better than life? God. Oh, God is good, man. I'm so excited for you, Jim the adventure has just begun god is just one big adventure you know and you'll never get to the end of him that's what's so beautiful about it and all eternity he is so vast and so good oh <laughs> oh wow we just mm. gosh words cannot express really it just it just takes me back to the day that i got saved Man, I was such a... I thought I knew so much. I knew nothing. You know, and... Oh! Gosh, thank you, Lord. Hmm. I feel like the Lord wants me to talk to you this morning about the baptism of fire. And uh, the word baptism... <laughs> Should we just start praying for people? <laughs> Somebody's got some, some really bad pain in their left wrist. So, um, just receive your healing. Be- begin to move that wrist around right now. I feel like the Lord's healing you. So. <laughs> if you get healed, you might want to jump up and shout or something. That'll be fine. I, you know, And uh, or we'll be here to pray for you if you feel like you need that as well. But, oh, thank you, Lord. The baptism of fire. Oh. God moves on desperate people. Um, people whose heart cry is, whatever. Whatever, Lord. Whatever. I'm so desperate. I, I ran into a, a young man on Tuesday morning that was like that, desperate. I'm going to read you his testimony in a minute because he couldn't be here this morning. Have you ever been desperate? Like, your soul is in agony, you know, sorrow, depression, anxiety whatever, or uh, maybe your mind, like for me at 19 years old, I've shared with you my testimony many times about just literally I was on my way to a, you know, a mental hospital at a time after a week of no sleep. Can you imagine that? Like not sleeping for six, seven days. That'd drive you crazy. (laughs) Um, Oh man, I was so desperate. I mean, I was out there partying and smoking marijuana and you know, tripping on hallucinogenic drugs and stuff, and thought that I had found what I was looking for, man. I was so wrong. Because it led me to this place of just desperation where I had no other choice but to cry out to, if there is a God in heaven. And you know what happened? Fire. Fire came. Oh. And then. At 21, I found my place in just at 21, being recently divorced and going through this situation. I was like, this ain't supposed to happen to me. I'm a Christian. And I was very depressed. Have you ever been depressed? I mean, really depressed. I don't mean like a case of the blues. I mean, just down in the dumps, not really wanting to get up and go on. You know what happened? Fire! Fire came every time. And I was like, man, this is God. This is the Bible. You know, the first time it was literally like a lightning bolt of electricity. It's the only way in the physical world I know how to describe it. it just shot through me in an instant. It was a miracle. And instantly, it's like my eyes were opened in the spirit. Those light bulb moments. And then also, all that demonic stuff that I had given access to instantly had to go. It all went. And I mean, for a solid week, Charlie, I was like, there was just this electricity flowing through my body. Not that it's not still there, but you know what I mean, that honeymoon period? Like for a solid week, it's like I could look in the mirror and literally see like these little flames dancing in my eyes. I know that may sound weird, but it's just, I'm just telling you like it happened. You know, like it is. It ain't weird. God has sent fire for a purpose. In fact, in, in Matthew 3 and Luke 3, John says this, he says, I baptize in you with water, but there's one who's coming after me whose sandals I ain't even worth, I'm not even worthy to untie. You know, I thought of it in a modern sense. I ain't even, you know, worthy enough to sniff his sneakers. You know? I mean, this dude is bad in a good sort of way. And he will baptize you with what? The Holy Spirit and fire. Everybody say, and fire. And fire. And fire. And fire. And more fire, Lord. This week, I felt this confirmation from the Lord. He was saying, yes and Amen to what He has been doing over the past 18 months here. And in this case, I wanna, you know, I'm talking about the fire of God that has shown up in our midst from time to time. Anybody here on Wednesday night? Man, it was like a fire night. I mean, it was, we try to just follow the promises of the Holy Spirit, and it's not always like this. You know, sometimes it's, it's just different. That's what I love about it. You never know what you're going to get when you show up. And the fire was just there. It was on people and just moving. And it was awesome, and the Lord is saying there's a purpose and a reason for fire. And I want to share with you uh, just a glimpse of three or four reasons why I feel like God sends fire into our lives. But I want to read you this testimony. Quick background: Ten years ago, I moved to Mooresville, beaten up, going through a broken marriage, just in kind of in one, that place that I was mentioned a few minutes ago. And, uh, but uh, I came here to teach at Mooresville High School. And uh, I was there a couple of years teaching and coaching the soccer team, the JV soccer team there. And, and uh, there was this guy, this kid in the 10th grade there on my soccer team named Tyler. And uh, anyway, so that's how I first met this guy. And then after I left that school two years later, um, I really don't think that I had seen Tyler since then even though we had a really great relationship it was a great we were good friends actually as coach and player and everything and so anyway tuesday um i go to uh, starbucks to hang out and wait for marla and andy we we're going to meet there everybody's favorite meeting spot you know <laughs> it's our boardroom and uh, so we so i'm there And actually i got there a couple hours early because the email was down here and i couldn't get online so i was like well i'll go to starbucks check my email and everything I mean, it cost me $10, actually. Anyway, sorry. If you work for Starbucks, no big deal. But anyway, um, so I'm there, and I'm like, Lord, why am I here for so long? Actually, the Stein showed up. We had a great meeting and conversation, but I'm sitting there like, Lord, why, why am I just waiting? I felt like I was wasting my time, you know. I felt kind of guilty for just sitting there at Starbucks all day. And finally, Marlon comes in, and then right after Marlon comes in, he goes up to get coffee, and this guy, Tyler, walks in. And I was like, wow, that's Todd. I had not seen him in a long time. You know, and uh, he gets this call, and then he comes out, and he sees me. He's like, hey, Coach Bollinger, how you doing? You know, and we, we just, you know, we connect. And, you know, i been a long time, like an old friend. And um, so I he's, I like, hey, you got a minute? He's like, yeah, sit down, okay. I was like, so what you been up to, man? He's like, well, uh, I just got back from Kenya, I was like, okay. Then God was like, pay attention. Pay attention. I was like, well, you see that guy there? He's from Kenya. He's like, really? You're kidding me. You know, so they start greeting each other in Swahili and stuff. And, and um.
3: <laughs>
4: turns out, I, I mean, I had known this because Matt Stewart actually grew up in Tyler's neighborhood. So he knew his family and everything. And he told me about five or six years ago that Tyler had gotten saved. And uh, actually it was through Young Life. He went to, the, to that camp there and got, just got blasted by the Lord, got saved, and uh, had been at NC State, walking with the Lord for five, six years. and uh, So anyway, I'm going to pick up. Here's his testimony. Here's what happened Tuesday. This has been the most difficult season of my Christian life. Depression, anxiety, frustration, heartbreak, struggles with sin, bitterness and confusion have plagued the last few months. I felt so distant from the Lord and at times have even doubted my salvation. All this from a man who has a reputation of being passionately in love with God and headed toward full-time vocational ministry. So on Tuesday, I had some free time and I was going to Starbucks to read, think, journal, and seek the Lord. I would encounter the Lord that day, but it was in a way I never would have expected. As I got my coffee... I turned around and saw my JV soccer coach, Matt Bollinger. With him was a man from Kenya, Marlon. I was instantly excited being that I would just gotten back from a year of mission work in Kenya and had not seen Coach Bollinger in six or seven years. Conversation instantly moved past the superficial and I began to share my struggles with these men. Hey, by the way, side note here, whenever you just run into somebody and the conversation shifts past the superficial, pay attention seriously. I mean, God does that. And, but I've learned you can miss it. Oh, well bless you. I'll be praying for you. You never do. You know what I'm saying?
0: <laughs>
3: I mean, that's real life.
4: You know, we all do that. So I began to share my struggles with these men. By this time, a third man, Andy, had joined us. Oh, watch out, man. <laughs> when the Irishman shows up, you never know what's going to happen. He didn't write that in here. As we chatted, Andy suggested that we go to the church right then and pray. So we did. We go back here to the prayer room. As I, had, as I laid everything before the Lord, these men began to pray. The Lord began to move in a powerful way. And my body began doing things I had never experienced as they prayed, my hands and my forearms began to have a burning sensation. Fire. The presence of the Lord was there, and my posture became laying face down in the presence of my God. It was glorious. As the time came to an end, I was trying to process what all happened. Oh, gosh, I feel like Kathy up here. <laughs> Hold on.
3: Yeah.
4: Where's, my, where's my angels at? No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Thank you. Yeah. Paula Ooh. I just, you know, feel a little weak in the knees. Oh, I have attended... This is really good right here. I have attended a church where I have been in the closet about my beliefs concerning the Holy Spirit. I have been reading some charismatic authors such as Jack Deere and Sam Storms and have really really been praying that the Lord would teach me about these things. That day, the Lord showed me a glimpse of the power of His Spirit and delivered me from my depression. Mm. That night, when I laid my head on my pillow, instead of anxious, despondent thoughts, I was able just to meditate on the love of the Father. That's what fire
3: does. (laughs) For
4: the last 36 hours or so, I have felt such peace, joy, and freedom. I want this to continue, and I wholeheartedly want to know Jesus Christ, His love, and the power of His Spirit. I am once again amazed at the grace and love of God. The grace that saved me five years ago proves to be the grace that still passionately pursues my soul today. Wow. May Jesus be praised. Yeah. Tyler. Mm. He gave me permission to share that, by the way. And He's enrolling in CSM this Tuesday,
3: so those of you in Christ School of
4: Ministry will get to meet. Him. He's a great guy. <clears throat> Addison grew up with him. Addison already knows him, of course. Matt, preschool Amen. and all the way through. Yeah. Mm, there's another desperate man I was thinking of this morning in prayer. You remember Jacob? <laughs> Jake, what's up, man? <laughs> Well, I was just about to say that desperate man is Jacob. And then I look back there and there's Jacob Hicks sitting on the back row. Man, it's good to see you. A long time. Is your wife here? Sweet.
3: <laughs>
4: man, that's some hungry people right there. For those of you that don't know, Jake Hicks, he grew up in our church here and then went to Florida to a ministry school down there. And God gave him a beautiful wife and just stuff, man. God's moving. So, yeah, man. Anyway, there was a desperate man named Jacob. Of course, he was the third of the patriarchs of the faith, you know, Abraham, Isaac, and then Jacob. And uh, go with me to Genesis 32, verse 24. And, you know, if you've read, if you've been a Christian for a long time, this is very familiar. You probably. Heard it preached on many times. And it says, So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. That was God. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip. Ow! (laughs) That's not in there. It's sound effects. So that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, Let me go for it's daybreak. Enough already. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. That's a desperate man right there, wouldn't you say? I'm not letting go, guys. You're going to bless me first. The man asked him, what is your name? <laughs> Jacob? You got think the man was like, oh, figures. Because Jacob means deceiver, conniver, you know, manipulator, whatever. Supplanter, Yeah. Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel. Because you have struggled with God and with men and have overcome. It's a desperate man. It's desperate when you struggle with God. Anybody ever struggle with God? Let me ask you another question. Has have you ever had your name changed? Jacob had his name changed. Jacob means supplanter or deceiver. Israel, I was looking it up before church. The name Israel here literally means to rule with the authority of God. And since Israel is the church, I think we need to pay attention to that, don't you think? And we've been called to rule with God's authority. We'll see more of that in just a minute. Before, when I was growing up, before I was a Christian, up to age 19, I always went by the name Matt. And if you still call me Matt, don't feel bad. It's okay. But um, you know what Matt means? It literally means a, a gift. That's a good name, right? I mean, if you're, you're a gift. But then at 19, when I, that experience I was talking about a few minutes ago, lightning bolt. Hey, you know what fire literally means? It literally means lightning. By the way, <laughs> I thought that was interesting since that was kind of my experience. But um, when I, you know, when I had that experience, the Lord just did so much in me, such a transformation. I started tell, introducing myself to people as Matthew. You know, that's my given name, my whole name. I'm, I'm no longer Matt. I'm Matthew. It sounds silly, I know, but it was just like, you know, a sign. And you know what Matthew means? It means a gift from God. You know, now, how many people know it's good to get a gift? It's better to get a gift from God, right? (laughs) So have you ever had your name changed? Have you ever been so desperate that you just had to hold on until you felt God, until God moved somehow, until a fire filled your being? Because Jesus said, or John said of Jesus, He's coming. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Number one, the fire of God is the answer for healing and salvation and deliverance. What we refer to the Greek word sozo in the New Testament, right? We've heard so much about The fire of God is a key ingredient in Sozo. Now, just where you're sitting right now, how many people could say, yeah, I believe that's my testimony. I've I've experienced a measure of fire. Um, Cindy Martinez, she's in the first service. You know, a few months ago, there was a word of knowledge about whiplash, neck injury. She responded to that. We laid our hands instantly. It's like her testimony was just this heat all down our spine. Instantly healed. Fire. Brian Davis, where are you at? Yeah, do you remember that? In that Tuesday night a couple weeks ago, he said, Man, my shoulder's killing me. The severe pain there. And when we laid, Byron and I and a couple other guys, we laid hands on your shoulder. And what, what did you say? Did you all hear that? It's like being gay. You know that warm, icy hot. <laughs> it, it's not about the feeling per se. Because you might feel that being gay like feeling, you might not. But it's still the fire of God being released. And you'll know the fruit. Tyler's fruit was deliverance. We just walked in obedience. And he just started to lay out all this stuff. He had never met Andy Marlon before, for goodness sakes. And we just start to lead him through repentance and repentance, and then the next thing you know, the fire fell, and he sh- literally was laying on the floor for an hour, shaking. This Southern Baptist boy.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> so if you want to argue with me after the service about all the manifestations of the Spirit and the things that go on, don't bother. Because I ain't buying it because I felt like the Lord was... I say yes and amen to what I'm doing here. This is the proof. Your alcoholic family member, what they need is the fire of God. To, they'll never be the same. I was addicted. I, was, and I had all these things. You know, the list goes on and on. This is what we need is the fire of God. Hmm. And Jim, I think that when you came in here and the fire was going on, I think that's what led to your salvation. (laughs) It was going on. It was. I mean, you know, you always wonder what people have no paradigm, what they think when they're walking in. You're like, oh, people are screaming. Hmm. So if you're not desperate, get desperate. Now, I'm not talking about self pity. That's not what I mean. I mean just like, oh dear God, I need more. Because we can never have enough. Yeah. Baptize, getting baptized in the Holy Ghost the first time is great. But I want to be baptized with fire and the Holy Ghost every day. Yeah. You know, I mean, I literally am praying, Lord, baptize my hands with fire. You know, baptize. one thing I love about Todd Bentley, any Todd Bentley fans in here? See, one thing I love about Todd Bentley, I heard him say this one time, he goes, I know if I can just get my hands on somebody, I can bring them into an encounter with God. <laughs> He's not just saying that either. He means it. It happens. I've heard the testimonies with gang members on the streets of South Africa. You know, they would be across the street mocking him. You heard this testimony? Yeah. They, would, they were across the street mocking him because he was preaching out there. They mocked. Finally, days, after a few days of this, or a few hours, I don't know, I might be getting a little wrong, he challenged me he i tell you what, you boys over there. One of you come over here and see what happens. See if your mom... And finally he goes, this droopy, drawed old guy, you know, he kind of... You know, got his hat cocked sideways. He comes across the street. You know, just... He's looking back at his buddies. Ha! Stupid, you know. He comes over there. And sure enough, he, uh, Todd said as soon as he put his hands on the guy, was like poof, poof, just like out under the power of God, the whole gang got saved.
3: Now I don't know about
4: you, but I want fire. I mean, seriously, there's just some kind of militant, aggressive thing inside of me that when I hear those kinds of stories, I knew that I was bro- I was born to burn. I was born for something greater than this. My only regret about that week of fire that flowed through me right after my salvation is I didn't lay hands on every person I saw. Like sick people healed. You know, just, I mean, I literally, man. But the Lord has been reminding me recently, He goes, Matthew, the fire's never gone away. It may die and wane from time to time because you see, we all get these life layers on us. You know, it's like jobs and mean bosses. Not that I would know anything about that. And, you know, and spouses, the friction and, you know, little kids, God bless them. They wear me out, you know, and just like sleepless nights. Moms, hello. Any moms in the house? Everybody can relate, right? The financial struggles of paying the bills. You know what those are? they're just life layers that little by little before you even know it they stack and they build up and they they cover up the fire they cover up the fire but you know what John said after that verse about the baptism of fire he said he's coming and a winnowing fork is in his hands and it's going to clear away the chaff baby the chaff see that's the life layers right there The fire's coming and it's going to burn away those life layers. And that flame's going to burn up, and you're going to go out into the community and you're going to set things on fire because that's your calling, that's your destiny. Oh,
3: (laughs) that's good.
4: Oh, thank you, Lord. You hope people are getting this. I hope people are getting. Oh. I'm having fun, man. This is good. (laughs) Isaiah. If they're not getting it, I'm getting it. (laughs) Let's go to Isaiah 6, 4. Again, familiar passage. Isaiah has this heavenly experience. Hey, by the way, you know, on down the road, Jacob, he had a heavenly experience. You remember that? He had a dream. And in the dream, there was a ladder from the earth into the third heaven. And he saw angels ascending and descending. And he's like, ooh, God's in this place. (laughs) You think? (laughs) Yeah, God's in this place. You see, the life layers, they keep you out of the third heaven. And that's where we were meant to live from. I'm just talking about the spirit realm. It's all over the New Testament. You see, if you begin to read the New Testament through the lens of the spirit realm instead of the natural realm, you begin to see what what I'm talking about, the third heaven. Jesus said, the very first thing He said, He said, repent, change your mind, because the kingdom is at hand. The kingdom is the spirit realm. So anyway, Jacob had that heavenly experience. Jacob became Israel. Israel became the dwelling place of God, of course. The people of God. The tabernacle of David. The temple was built. What did they do in the temple? They burn the fire, incense and sacrifices, burnt offerings to God, right? And now under the new covenant, who is the temple of God? Punch your neighbor and say, you are. You are the temple of God and tell them, you're meant to burn. You're meant to burn. You're meant to, you're meant to be on fire. That is the new covenant. Okay, but listen to me. Listen to me. You will burn in greater... You're freezing though. You'll burn... We need some fire in here with the temperature, but... Um, but you will burn in a greater measure as you live from the spirit
3: realm.
4: Ooh, okay, that one was free. I mean, you know, that's just chew on that one for a while. I know all the analytical minds are going, well, how are you do that? You know, and all these things. But okay, so Isaiah though, he has this third heaven experience, Isaiah 6. And jumping in the middle here, at the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook and the temple was filled with smoke. Well, where does smoke come from? Woe to me, I cried. I'm ruined from a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. What's a live coal? Fire. It's something that's been on fire. It's hot. With with it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. I want to say that, you know, for Jim, it was the goodness of God that led you to repentance. The goodness of God. That's a revelation from the fire of God. It's the same revelation that Isaiah had here. He realized that he was a sinner, and the fire of God released atonement into his life, it released a redemption. Your sins are paid for. So that's number two. The fire of God produces redemption from sins and purifies our hearts. A lot of people have testimony of the purifying work of the fire of God in your life. You know, again, not just the life layers of jobs and all that and all the worries, but also sometimes it's the good stuff, isn't it? It's those little sacrifices that God's saying, hey, how much do you really want to burn? You know what I'm saying? Like, would you miss the game? Whoa, wait a second. Come on now. I mean, the Panthers are playing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like Oh, got quiet in here. Yeah, we. Didn't. you know what I'm saying? I mean, whatever it is. Because let me tell you, when God sends you out with fire, sometimes it's inconvenient. Isn't it? It's not always comfortable, and it feels a little unstable. (laughs) Very, very unstable. Let me lay some more groundwork here, familiar passages. I just love to read these over and over again. I could read them a thousand times. Acts 1 4. You know, of course, this is right before Jesus is getting ready. He's risen from the dead, he's getting ready to ascend. Into heaven, it says in verse 4, on one occasion while he's eating with them, he gave them this command Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? <laughs> they still didn't get what the kingdom was. They're still looking for this political kingdom to be restored, I believe. And he's like, you oh. he don't get it. It's spirit kingdom. He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by His own authority, but you will receive power. power. Dunamis power. Same power that literally raised Him from the dead. You're going to receive this, Jim, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be My witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Fast forward. Acts 2, verse 3. They saw what seemed... Okay, so sure enough, they wait in Jerusalem. The Holy Spirit falls. And what did they see? They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire, lightning... That separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And then you know what happened? They were acting drunk. (laughs) I'm not going to talk about that,
3: it
4: would be too offensive in church. They were acting drunk, you know, and then little old guys like Stephen and Philip, they go out there and do crazy stuff, like heal sick people and, you know, get martyred, get killed for the gospel. And and those weren't even the preachers. That's what I love about Stephen and Philip and Acts. You know, they were the ones that they anointed to be like deacons to take care of the waiting on tables and all the distribution of food so that the real heavy hitters could spend time in prayer and devotion to the Word. You know, have you ever noticed that? But then the very next thing that happens is those two guys go out there and do all these signs and wonders and get martyred for the Gospel. Man, see, that's the revival that the the Lord really wants to emphasize that. It's a revival of the common man. Israel means the authority of God. To walk and to release the authority of God that's you, Israel. That's you, the church. The baptism of fire, number three, empowers with spiritual gifts. How many people know it's not just enough to know a lot about the 22 spiritual gifts listed in Scripture. You could study those, you know, until till Jesus comes back and have all the head knowledge. You know, and then, so what do we do? Well, okay, Let's try to do these things. But I'm telling you, what the fire will bring is an empowering to walk in spiritual gifts. And then guess what? Where's the easy button? It's easy. That was easy, right? It's easy. Then, how many people have experienced that? Getting words of knowledge? Praying for sick people? You know, I mean, let's stretch it. Raising the dead... There will be times when that will become easy as we remain in the anointing or the fire of God who empowers for spiritual gifts. Luke 9, 1-3, when Jesus had called the twelve together, He gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases and he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God about the unseen spirit realm, and to heal the sick. Matthew 28:18, "All authority in heaven and earth I possess all it belongs to me. So now therefore, Brian, go out there and do all this stuff. heal the sick, raise the dead. you can go to the bathroom if you need
3: to
4: (laughs) (laughs) you know I know you know this right I mean you know it's like whoa tell me something I don't know but there's fire you need a baptism of fire you need a baptism of fire seriously God set these hands on fire I heard this really strange story, testimony recently, about this, well, she's an old lady now, named Dolores Winder. Back in 1975, she was in a body cast with this very rare disease that basically her bones, everything was eating away. She was at the point of death to where the doctors do something that they will never do, and that is they removed all of her nerve endings to help relieve her pain in preparation for death. She goes to a Catherine Coleman meeting that wasn't even like a healing crusade or anything like that. As Catherine is speaking, a lightning bolt comes through her body. She gets completely healed. Her friend takes her body cast off and by the end of the night, she's running laps around that building. Okay, this is a woman that they wheeled in. A week or so later, She's just wanting to be a normal person. She's grateful. But she's like, really, God? All I want to do is be normal because I've been a freak for 15 years, and body cast, and people looking at me. And so she's like, I just wanted... Her testimony was, I just wanted to go to, uh, to church with my family and sit quietly and just be normal. You, know, you can understand that. By the way, this is on uh, Sid Ross' website that I was watching this testimony. Dolores Winder is her name. Anyway, so she's at this nice, quiet women's Bible study. And, you know, she had grown up in this very conservative church upbringing. And they're sitting there you know, praying for Johnny or whoever's, you know, whatever. And she said, all of a sudden I felt like these quarter-sized circles of heat intensify on the palms of my hands. And she goes, it freaked me out so much that I just wanted to get out of there. It scared me. You know, because she had no idea what was happening fire and there was a lady because of the seating in the room the living room there's a woman sitting on the floor so when she got up to leave the lady reached up to grab her hand for her to help her up and when she did the power of God hit the woman and she just went out under the power of God and then the Dolores was so scared just this whoa you know what is going on here she's just trying to get out of the room and everybody she touches on the way out is hitting the ground And she runs to the church because her husband's at work. She has no idea what's going on, no idea what to do. She tells the pastor. And the pastor's like, well, Miss um, Wonder, I don't know, but let's go and talk to the women that fell out and find out what happened. So they go back and find out that one woman got healed, one woman got a mighty deliverance. You know, the testimonies just go on and on. And so basically the... Long and short of it, is she was mad at God even after that because she was like, Lord, I was a freak for 15 years and now you've turned me into some other kind of freak. I'm like, Lord, why would you do that? Like, why would you give somebody that kind of anointing that doesn't even want it and is despising it? You know what I'm saying? But you know what she's done for the past 30 years? She's never been on TV. She's never had her name in lights. Because she knew that the evangelical, conservative, denominational church world would not receive her if she was some big name, charismatic, charismaniac healing person. And so she spent 30 years going to denominational churches, ministering the healing power of God. Isn't that incredible? I tell you this to tell you and just like tell myself to let you know of the possibilities of what God can do when you hug the fire of God, when you embrace the fire of God, when you say, whatever, I'll take it. I'll take whatever you have, God. If I don't have it right now or whatever, if it's a measure of this, I'm not going to despise it. I'm just going to steward it. I'm going to be faithful with what you've given me. If He's given you to prophesy, then by all means prophesy. Prophesy. Get it out there. If he said to you, 25 years ago, "If you'll lay hands on the sick, they will recover, well, have you laid hands on the sick? And they, you know, do it. Like let's get out there and do it. You know, Let's be the church that Christ died to be the authority, all authority in heaven is now yours. Now get out there and do the stuff. By grace. It's by the power of God. I'm not talking about having a big, you know, pep rally here in church on Sunday and hoop, hoop, hurrah. Let's go get them, guys, you know? Honestly, personally, I've had enough of that. I'm talking about, I believe God wants to release a grace into your heart, into your life today to say, you know what? I want to be a flamethrower. I saw a vision Wednesday night of one of those World War II soldiers with our flamethrowers you know, and they would light their thing up, and they had a big backpack thing on. And they would light, them up. you know, they just burn the enemy out. I think it's time to burn the enemy out, because I'm sick and tired of looking at 13 and 14 and 15 year old and 16 year old kids every day at our school and in the community and not seeing fire. You know, and seeing them struggle with depression and broken families and abuse and just all of these things. There's so much pain out there. You know? There's so much pain. And what the, the issues that Tyler was dealing with in his life that led him to depression, it's so rampant. I'll just go look up the statistics of people on antidepressants. You know? It's just my heart aches. Because I know that God wants to set them free. But here's the key. They have to be desperate. So I would encourage you, as you go, look for the poor in spirit. Those humble enough to receive the fire of God. Just spend your time with them. Make yourself available. And you'll know. Because Jesus just didn't waste his time on the stubborn, honorary, well, I don't know, you know, all this doubt and unbelief. He just kind of moved on. He might minister a little bit to him. So look for him. It's literally, I feel like, fish that'll jump into the boat. How many people like that kind of fishing? I mean, it's fun to sit out there all day in the sun and, you know, catch nothing. No, it's not. It's not fun. (laughs) But literally, I mean, when you just can't keep the fish off your hook, that's what I'm believing for. Finally, I want you to say share what you got there too. Mark six. I don't know if it's up on the screen, but March six, thirty-five. By this time it was late in the day. So his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, Jesus they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves. Something to eat. Mm. But he answered, what did he say to him? You give him something to eat. I feel like the Lord's saying to us this morning, you give him something to eat. Freely you have what? Now you can freely do what? Freely give. Walk in the fire of God. Cultivate the fire of God. When you feel those life layers building up, call out to God. Let the fire of God come. But you've got to be humble enough to receive it. Don't make excuses in your head. He's coming. He'll burn that chaff off.
5: He'll burn that chaff off.
4: Sarah's got this great testimony about that fire.
5: He just wanted me to share my testimony of really experiencing the fire of God. But I just want to say, too, that, you know, I really know and feel in my heart that the Lord is calling us to step out on the water, yeah. that He's calling us not to normal lives. And I was talking to Becky, and sometimes when you're in the ministry, you can, that same thing where she said, Lord, you just turn me into another freak. Can't I just have a normal life? Sometimes you just feel like I just want a normal life. I just want to be normal. And the Lord spoke to me later on that day and said, Sarah, I am calling everybody not to stay in their boxes and what the world calls a normal life and to step out on the water with me and to see me move in and through them, to make themselves yourselves available to me that when I say, feed them you've got something to feed them yeah you know and and the lord showed me that that w- if we would be people a generation that seeks his face that that is where when those life layers start piling on it's not like the life layers it's not like the things of life are just going to go away yeah. you know we're not going to have to deal with that but that's a call for us to set our minds on things above, set our hearts toward the Lord continually, to seek after Him, to seek His face and to cry out to the Lord to baptize our hearts, to baptize our hearts with fire, to soak us in His presence Mm. that when when we walk from that place, we're not striving we're not trying to work things out on our own, we're not trying to figure out how the finances are going to work we're not trying to figure out what job is going to open up for us, we're not trying to figure out all those things that consume us and weigh us down we take that invitation to seek the face of god to set our channels what bob says set your channel on the god channel you know you have the choice we have choices to make daily and i feel it more now than anything it's time to make the right choices you know and the the fire of god would consume us and i'm just going to let them
6: go you always know when the Holy Spirit's moving because there's about 20 people in the room sitting on the edge of their seat like, give me the microphone, give me the microphone. And we're we're all sitting here. Who's going to say this next thing? But but this guy came up and we feel like he's got something.
2: I don't know. I hate having to come up here. I just want to say, I just want to give a testimony the other day that the Lord's really been releasing a lot in me.
3: Gosh.
2: And one thing, um, just with my daughter this week, him, Mm. one thing is I always struggle and I felt like just with uh, she's a doctor Gosh, right. just with loving her and, and just one day just just this week, weak I just went to her and just like the Lord just opened me up it's like a well of love just for her I don't know where it came from I just want to share that. And then on Wednesday night, I come up and I just the Lord's been really doing a lot for me. I said, Byron, I don't want you to pray for me because I feel like the Lord's got something for me. But I don't know what it is. And he started praying for me. And then Marlon started praying for me. And this is just testimony to that light. And gosh, when he started praying for me, it felt like I was getting electrocuted. I couldn't do nothing. I couldn't move. And I know I probably looked stupid because I just couldn't move. I don't know how to explain it. And then... After I got done, I just I just wanted to sit there and soak in the Lord. And man, he made me get up and pray for. I didn't want to pray for nobody, and just he gave me three people to pray for. I prayed for Ricky and his wife Desi. I prayed for Brian Summers. I prayed for um, Aaron and uh, just for. And I just I just wanted to just say and just not giving up on people. I work at the hospital, and you see so many people that just you'd be like, oh, they're gone. There's another help for them. They're too gone on drugs or just depression i mean just with that depression half of them's on antidepressants but man the lord just i don't know just the lord loves them and they can be saved no matter what and i just want to share that.
6: that's so good matt thanks okay we're going to move into ministry time can i get fire people up here who have some fire on them yeah okay all right csm students um Who's got a word here? Any of the CSM students you need to come up here? You got something, Eric? Okay.
1: Uh, the word that I have is uh, resurrection. Uh, resurrection is when the dead come alive. And if there's something in you that feels dead, that feels like you've, uh, you've given up and you've lost hope, um, the Father wants to, He wants to raise you up. He wants to raise you up so he's the lord's present for that. All right. So coming up if you, if that's you.
6: Okay. Um also we're we got to do communion too. So um this is like are, are you are you a CSM student? Oh, I thought you were. Yeah. Okay.
5: I was thinking about my um uh, my niece's husband and his name's Matthew and he's been having a lot of trouble breathing. And um but I saw a band, an iron band, around his chest. And I believe that's for somebody here, whether that be um, a heart issue or um, an asthma issue.
2: Um, I'm not a CSM student, but my husband is. And he had to go home to take care of my daughter. Um, she's sick. But he had a word this morning about, um, he felt that somebody who has psoriasis, who's psoriasis and um, has kidney problems, and I'd like to pray for you. He wanted to make sure that I did that. <laughs> so I'm not a CSM student either, but um, headaches and migraines, and also, I was overseas and battled depression for five years, and the Lord has set me free for almost a year now. So I want to pray for anybody that has depression, because the Lord
6: has done some awesome things in me. Awesome. Okay, so if you got depression, see Tim Ulrich, then you won't have it anymore. Psoriasis, psoriasis, Heather Wicker, heart, asthma, lungs, and then um, uh, hopelessness. Resurrection from the dead. Also, the fire cures boredom. So if you're bored, come up here. Okay, yeah. And then, if you have a serious illness, a serious illness, we want you going over to there in that corner because the fire kids are gonna pray for you. Okay? And then and then the rest of you come up for prayer. Come get communion with your family. And then the rest of you can worship with the worship team.
3: Let's feel fire, fire! So
5: the Lord woke me up and said, "It's noon time." I said, "What does that mean?" He said, "I went to look it up and it means noon means the anointing. The anointing. This is the time for the anointing. It's noon in the Spirit."